spoiler alert. This is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? This week on No Fucking ZD, we're talking peaches and red wine, middle American new metal, and Frankie Valley breaking the fourth wall. We had the concept of sharing before any other podcast. It's an all-new episode of No Fucking ZD. <laughs> Welcome to No Fucking ZD, episode 56. Damn. Have Damn. We, we confirmed this time. Yeah, yeah, we definitely confirmed. And we're probably, actually, now that we're saying that, we're probably <laughs> wrong. Now I'm, like double, I'm double checking and I'm freaked out. Um, that doesn't make any sense. Continuity error yeah. is what they call that. Yep, I get that all day long. Um, all happy families. But none of them. R- right. No well, happy families. Right, of course. So is that the whole point of the title? Yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, I can't think of anything else. I'm really glad we got to the bottom of that one. <laughs> uh, it's from a Tolstoy novel, I believe, though. And oh, so there's got to be more to it. This is from Anna Karenina. That's what it is. All happy families are alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. And I would say that is very appropriate for The Sopranos. Yep. And um, yep. really, that's all I can say about it. So good ep. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, this was solid. B plus, I would say. We'll <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> just see you guys next week. We're going for that B plus swish. You yeah. know what I mean. Um, we we could be a ten, but we we hover around like a five or a six, I guess, most not, of the time. It's a lot of work being a ten, and you know, yeah. we're we're over fifty. This mm-hmm. is fifty age fifty six. Yep, we should have mentioned that. But. It takes a lot of work to keep it going. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. That's okay. <laughs> we do age one year per podcast. Um, it seems like it, doesn't it? It does kind of feel like it sometimes. We drink enough for one year. Um, so I say we start off by saying goodbye to Feech Lamana. Um, he, uh, yep, yep. a very short run, but extremely impressionable. Because, I mean, don't you kind of feel like he was always around in a weird way? We heard about him a lot, but, you know. Yeah, and well, and now we know, we find out in this episode that his influence goes a lot further than than what, than just being like, a man that was well respected as the newscaster put it, you know, right. The newscasting man. Right. Um, <laughs> he, well, we find out about this backstory, this, and, and one reason for a certain level of agitation between him and Tony, mm-hmm. which is that they took down features card game. Right. Well, and we, we knew we, that already from Ralph. We knew that from Ralph. Many right. of us forgot though. Right. And then they remind us of it. Cause also hearing it from, Feech and from Tony yeah. is different than hearing it from Ralph. Right. I don't, has Tony ever, I don't think Tony's ever talked about it before, but of course we're going to get some tweet about that probably. No, well, no, I, th- I think that you're right. I think that I, I, he hasn't really talked about it much. We, yeah. we mostly heard about it from Ralph. Yeah. And Jackie Jr. brought it up when he said that, you know, when he was trying to basically save his own ass and Tony told him, see if you can figure out the difference. Um, Which I'm... To be honest, I mean, aside from shooting someone, yeah, I'm hard pressed to find the difference. Well, it's, I mean, Silvio says to Feech in this episode that um, 
it was basically Johnny Soprano. You know, he was he was connected. Yeah. He was just more connected, more respected. And yeah, he didn't shoot anyone. And I believe Ralph says when he tells the story that the right people got the right amount of money back, basically. Yes. And you know, yeah. So that's an important thing. But yeah, I you know, it, it just it just illuminates a little bit of. Uh, the, the hard situation that Jackie found himself in father right. figure wise. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't like, it's not important to have mm-hmm. a real father figure in your life just so that he can get you out of stuff like that, like <laughs> holding up card games. Sure. <laughs> um, that's not what I'm looking for at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it just goes to show that the kid had no one to go to bat for him, you know, None at all. Yeah. And so like learning more about something that helped Tony come up. Uh, I mean, in, in way, is this a, is this a, does this bode well as far as, well, I don't know if bode well is the right thing, but does this kind of uh, cast a light on uh, Johnny Johnny Boy as like a, in, in a positive light? Boy, I just botched that whole well, sentence. Yeah, I get. Well, for, um, Is this a favorable look at John Boy? Uh, that I mean, he like went in and went to bat for his son? I'm sure Feach and because Feach, I don't think as much as he says that he's he's over it. Like Tony says, he's uh, he's forgiven, but obviously not forgotten. Right. And right. I'm sure like Feach and probably some of the older guys were just like, you know, fuck this. Who's this Johnny boy coming in? But there was nothing they could really do. You right. know, if he was the boss, I forget if he was the boss at the time or not. But well, it all it also uh, shines more light on you know, like I said, the 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 tension between. Tony and Feach and the fact right. that Tony's boss, you know, right. That's right. got to rub Feach the wrong way. Oh, definitely does. Yeah. He, he says he still looks at Tony like he's a kid, which, um, Tony hasn't looked like a kid in a long time. I don't <laughs> no, think. but, well, uh, don't flatter yourself. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, clearly like it's, it's kind of funny cause you, you do kind of forget about that story for sure. When Feach first comes out, I mean, it, there's, you know, I, maybe someone brings it up and, and, uh, when he, in his first episode this season, I don't think so though. Right. But, uh, you know, you could totally tell there was tension between the two, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, obviously Feach is doing nothing to make it better on top of what's already happened between them. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that has not been forgotten, and they kind of get back at each other in really passive-aggressive ways in this episode. Yeah, and, I mean, it does start on day one with, you know, Tony Uncle Egg and stuff like that. With, yeah. Like, the ball breaking just seems to cut a little bit deeper. Yeah. Like... There's more of like a pause after that ball breaking that goes down between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it kind of hits, it hits like a critical mass at the card game. Right. Which makes perfect sense. I know. Because it's like, and and I can't believe I didn't realize it until this moment. (laughs) The same. As watching it this time, I was like, oh my God, that's genius. Of course they had like, they had to have a card game scene in this episode. And, you know, in a way it's like Tony kind of comes in. And he's maybe not robbing him for money anymore, but he's he's definitely robbing Feach of like having his big moment of of respect from the guys. You right. know, uh, Tony kind of busts out this card game as well in a weird way. It's just this time he's the boss. Feach really can't do anything about it. Yep. And uh, it's more about just knocking him down a peg, uh, getting back at him from kind of being an asshole, and then also just right. being like, "Hey, I'm the fucking boss. You can't come in and 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 you know." Uh, go over my head or talk about me and with disrespect in front of my, the underlings here, you know, like Christopher and everyone else. And, and he also, he's also reminding him, you know, like this is your, like you're running this card game for me. Like you're my employee and I'm going to come by. And it really is like, like any, like any restaurant owner or like, you know, some sort of upper, upper management owner type person would swoop in and just like, you know, kiss babies and drink wine and like chat with the clientele as opposed to doing actual work. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's kind of, it's, it's a reminder to him that he is an employee and that, that, that he has a job to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, Silvio mentions that as Feech is leaving when they're meeting at the, at the crazy horse, um, he mentions that he feels like Feech is a struts. And I, I didn't, I'm not sure what that means, but I mean, Wikipedia says that it's an egomaniac oh, okay. and that he meant that he's an egomaniac, which is interesting. So, I mean, there's that on top of everything because he basically is. Yes. Uh, I mean, time. they all sort of are like, he's, he's kind of, you know, this is pretty normal in their line of work. I think. Yeah. But he's just a step beyond in, in a lot of ways, you know, yep. like. And, and ill-prepared to deal with, like, general social conventions because of the fact that he's been in the can for 15 years. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, true. But I, I kind of wonder if he was always maybe sort of a giant asshole. And, I mean, it, and, uh, it, it does sort of seem like it. I mean, yeah. think about poor Salvitro. You know, if this stuff had happened, like, a few weeks before, right? he'd be fine. <laughs> Probably. This poor guy. Yeah. Um. The, in The Crazy Horse, you know, when he's hitting on, he's well, not really hitting on Adriana, but, like, kind of sexualizing her in front of everyone yeah but what like, is he what what does he say that's so sexual you can tell that everyone's kind of like uh well but he just says just, we'll send one of the boys out and like is, is it because his eyes like do a yeah. an eye scan his eyes do the scan and then he starts like talking about another woman who he found sexually attractive way back in the day i don't know right. i'm talking so clinically about it he wanted to fuck her basically <laughs> yeah yeah sure um he's talking about her her knockers let's say which ah. is a clinical term also yes um and you know yeah kind of comparing her it's like it's like a dude looking at like you know a racehorse and like just like judging the or body car. like yeah. Or, yeah or whatever you know yeah, one like this it was blue yeah exactly yeah exactly the tits were blue <laughs> but uh christopher obviously doesn't uh, appreciate it at all but there's also a weird look that tony gives and i think we're just we're one or two well, we're one episode away i think from that famous car crash scene right i think yes so that's like, the next episode so yeah. yeah so maybe yeah tony certainly feels possessive of adriana in his own way i guess so yeah um and and maybe you know in this moment it's just as much like you know this this is my nephew's fiance or whatever yeah um and not as much like oh she's my property i mean it could be both yeah yeah you never know i just i i never noticed it before and just kind of thinking ahead i was i was i thought that maybe they planted that in there to kind of like at least get us thinking about it that tony was feeling weird about yeah how he was treating adriana maybe for i don't know i think that that's personal a, reasons i think that that's a good point i think that also you know adriana has sort of she's like essentially one of the bing girls there yeah or like uh True. like I don't know. She, you know, she's definitely an employee, but it, it doesn't help that she's so hot because mm -hmm. the guys love meeting at these types of places because they're like these tree houses and they can kind of <laughs> act however they want with like the hookers and the drugs yeah. and all that shit. But Adriana is like a family member who's not in the family, like the capital F family. Right. But, and she also happens to be like super attractive. So it's definitely like an occupational hazard that they're meeting at this place that she runs. She's, clearly not going to be treated well the entire time yeah and of course now they're just like full-on doing business there which i'm sure right. as far as like her and the fbi relationship goes is uh probably you know that's it's not, not the best thing for adrian that's got to make her nervous <laughs> yeah i'm sure yeah uh yeah. yeah big time and she also offers tony a sandwich 
I know. Which is smart. You know, it's also saying, hey, you know, he's the boss. I'm going to offer him a sandwich, you know? Yeah. I would love, I th- you know, I'm just so jealous of them in so many ways. Like, I would <laughs> love to just be in the back room of a bar and someone just, like, I want that sandwich right now, you know? Just yeah. like, and have, have no problem that just being my dinner. Or, or five minutes later, be like, remember the sandwich you mentioned five minutes ago? Yeah. I didn't uh, want it then. Now I want it. I'm so jealous. That sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> I mean, and let's not forget Ralphie busting her chops, you know, mm-hmm. over the olives and stuff like that. This is true. This, this has always been the case, but, you know, I feel like she's a little bit less inclined to to talk shit to Feech yeah. than she was to Ralphie. That's true. You know, <laughs> come back with a glass full of olives. That's true, though. Actually, that scene's pretty similar. And and like obviously, Tony thinks about Richie Aprile when he thinks about Feech Lamana. But I'm sure maybe somewhere too, there's the Ralphie connection. You know, just another hothead coming in and upsetting the apple cart. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Um, so you know. Um, we, they, they get rid of him. They get rid of him. I mean, this is like the show has always kind of been about whether or not people can change and or at least how hard change is and how mm-hmm. like unwilling people are to change. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, Tony doesn't change. He's he's kind of stays the, the same or, you know, stays in his lane, basically. Or he changes when he's good and ready and right. it's good for him. Yeah, only. Exactly. Um, this is one of the few times that I can think of, at least, that he actually has or at least he at least seems like he's learned something from the past you know yes and 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 i like it because we were talking last week about how they're sort of telling a story that's similar (laughs) they're sort of telling a story that's similar over and over again with like the you know the fbi rat thing we've had that a handful of times now but there are all these different angles on it you know uh, between big puss and ray curdo and and adriana and uh and Jack Masserone, <laughs> um, <laughs> who's a dick, who's a dick, yeah, by the way. Yeah, exactly. For being a rat. But uh, so there are all these different angles on this story. But now we're kind of, you know, they're dealing with this, this, you know, class of 04 thing. Um, and he's got a situation that could be another Richie April. Yeah. But it has a different ending. It has a different ending than Richie April and that and then uh, than even Ralph Cifaretto. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah, much different. Well, but <laughs> much, like, much different. It could yeah. have been so easy for them to be like, okay, here's Feech, and like the season finale is going to be this power grab. Exactly. And yeah, that's true. the whole season. Yeah. I mean, I think you kind of expect that when you first see these couple episodes, you know, these first couple episodes, that maybe something's going to happen with like Tony Blundetto and Feech going, going against Tony Soprano. Right. You know, or something like that. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of surprising that it happened so soon. Um, yeah, you know. and, but I think it's cool because they like he decides in this episode. I mean, there are all these concentric circles of like timing and all these like all these arcs that are that are kind of weaving in and out of each other. Right. This is one that's dealt with relatively quickly. Like he becomes a huge problem in the last episode. Yep. They decide to deal with him in this episode and then they and then they deal with it. Right. And that's that's the cool thing. I mean, the same with Jack Masseron, you know, like True. they they True. decide relatively quickly and then and then they deal with it. And it's not this drawn out thing because frankly there's other stuff uh other stuff at work here yeah a lot going on a lot going on um i mean i guess we should back up a little bit because we're we're i mean feech essentially the the final straw is that he steals all these cars from the from um from that wedding dr ira goldstein from I doctor, believe. exactly from dr ira goldstein's wedding yeah um you know something he heard at the card game Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this is of course like his kind of you know tony comes in robs him of this of of his story of his of his joke of his uh you know of the spotlight yeah exactly speech really passive aggressively because no matter how no matter how old you get it seems like you're still just as petty as you ever were yeah <laughs> on the sopranos at least i don't know that's how i feel yeah basically uh and so feech 
goes around not only does he go around Tony, but he goes to Johnny's sack of all people and right. sets up this you know, uh, shuffling of all these really expensive cars, the SL 50 or whatever it is. Yeah. That the guy waited a fucking year for <laughs> dude. That scene is fucking crazy because like, there's this valet guy who's clearly like fucked up, like the sort of like the waiter that Polly and Chrissy throw yeah. the rock at, you know? Yeah. And he's like on the ground and, and, and the, the doctor is, is looking at him cause clearly he's been like hitting the head. He's got some serious shit wrong with him. And this guy's whining about his fucking car. I know. It's I know. just like, and and yet, I mean, in that moment, I'm like, fuck these guys, you know, but it's like <laughs> you don't even think about the guy that like beat up the 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 valet guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like. It just sucks because like I love I mean, well, it sucks, but it's also funny in ways how every time there's like a big carjacking in the Sopranos, people are always blaming each other. Like yeah. like the people who's who's uh, who's. Uh, Mercedes Benz gets stolen in the commendatory episode. Yep. Um, they're f- screaming at each other, and this guy's yelling all this racial shit. And he's like, <laughs> "Who else?" You know. And of course, it's Tony Soprano sitting there. And uh, in this case, it's it's Feech and Johnny Sack and Tony. But there's like all this right. pain, and um, it's, I mean, but it's it's like more than passive aggression. Like I didn't it didn't register the first time I saw it, like how how much of a fuck you that move that Feech does. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, uh, it's like full on aggression, but yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, like the Johnny sack element is just like icing on the cake. Exactly. You know? Like that's what makes it a full on like, Hey, fuck you. you yeah. Know? Especially with what's going on over there and whatnot. Um, well, and just being here. like, I don't have to go through you to make money. It's like, yeah, you do like yeah, right. he's the boss and that's just how it works. And it's beyond, like there's no discussion about it. it doesn't matter if you like the guy or not he's the fucking boss and right. respect the ring you fucking jerk off or respect <laughs> the title you fucking jerk off yep don antonio don antonio uh, it's um, so patronizing i fucking love it it really is yeah and also when tony <laughs> yells about him like you know feach tries to go into this in my day and he's like that's another thing i don't want to hear about your fucking day you know like <laughs> i think it's great because like half of tony's life has been fucking based on this like golden age of the mafia you know like you think about like the first lines of the show yeah that he says he's talking about how like it used to be so much better and now he's like yeah it works for me now yeah so fuck off with that shit you know that's an excellent point actually um and uh so yeah i mean he smartly decides to nip it in the bud you know he asks if he's learned anything from richie april so like here's a little tony's learning (laughs) tony's just getting better at being a criminal really but he he also didn't kill him he didn't flip out and like you know send someone to his house it's an, it's a, I mean, they sent someone to his house, but you know what I mean. Yeah. There wasn't this brutal thing. Yeah. Um, still, though, it's like it plays for some great tension and some some great comedy. Christopher and Benny showing up there. I mean, uh, they 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 it, sell it. They sell it time. good. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. I didn't at all. No, I definitely didn't. I, I thought they were there to kill him the first time, like 100%. And it was it's intense, actually. You yeah, know? like totally. Um, but and I love Feech it. seems to have no idea. No, I guess not. Do you think he figures it out by the end, though, that he's, I mean, he, or do you think he figures it out when the parole guy shows up, or does it take until the car ride to, like, you know, because there's that shot of him in the, you know, in the bus on the way to prison. Right, and he's old as shit, so he's never getting out. Well, that's another question I have, right? I mean, like, I don't understand parole, (laughs) Um, because I keep violating my own. Whatever he, well, to put it clearly, we're, the two of us are in violation. Right. (laughs) Whatever. Just by being here right now. Yeah, exactly. But, um. I, I think that for they they don't specify I think what he got put away for. 
But I like, forget, I yeah. think that it, I'm sure it was a violent crime and I'm, and it sounds like he was a huge asshole in prison, Yeah, you know? So it took him a while to get parole. Cause he was like, he like just beat a bunch of, beat the shit out of some dude the first day he was there. Yeah. <laughs> That's no way to get let out for good behavior. Yeah. So like, you know, one way or another, I'm sure that he was like, it's like a one strike situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and who yeah. knows if he had priors before? I mean, he's an old fuck, you know, so maybe it was his third strike or something. Right. But I think we can assume that he's not not getting out. Yeah, right. Uh, he, yeah. I mean, he at least doesn't get out in the series. Like, he doesn't come back next season or anything right. for revenge or no, some bullshit. exactly. I mean, yeah. we're pretty sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to well, watch this Well, actually, up. who yeah. knows? I don't know. But, like, I think that, to go back to your question, I, I'm not sure. I think that he knows, clearly he knows what's going to happen when the parole officer is like, Ugh. is like, hey, let's let's go take a look at your, at your garage. It's such an awkward scene because they yeah. both know. And then, so good, like, though. clearly the dude was tipped. Yeah, well, I mean, Tony, uh, yeah, that guy's in Tony's pocket in some way, right? Because yes. the other guy's not there that day, and it's like a surprise visit. Exactly. So, so I think that he's got to know at that point because the guy's like, let's go look in your garage, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not super familiar with, like, the operating procedure of something like that. No, but, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that he knows by the time he's in the bus, but it seems like he yeah. knows he's been beat. I think so, yeah. I was just, I just, it was just tough to say, like there's that look he gives in the house when he kind of, when the guy says, let's go look at the garage and he's just like, he knows he's fucked. And then, but I just, I, I wonder when he figured out that Tony played him and that he had kind of lost this. Uh, I mean, Tony's very savvy. That's, that's an extremely savvy move. It is to and, use the, like the real, I mean, <laughs> it's like he's using his like biggest enemy to help yeah, right. himself. True. It's so interesting. I mean, cause yeah. like technically he was ratting on someone, you know what I mean? That's if you really true. think about it. So that's true. Yeah. And also they had to, like, it cost them, you know, whatever it costs to get that load of TVs. Yeah. So, so true. Maybe, or maybe they just gave that guy one of the TVs and that was kind of the end of it. No, but they had to park, they had to have a load to park is what I'm saying. Right, right. But I'm guessing like that was true, that they actually did have a truck full of TVs and they were going to put it somewhere else. But then it was just like an opportune kind of thing. Yeah, but then they lost the money because clearly those TVs, they're not going to get them back, you know. Yeah. After the parole board grabs them. Yeah. Un- well, I mean, I mean, like unless that parole guy oh, was good point. working with them and I'm sure they were just like, we'll give you a TV if you just go do this. <laughs> you got to kick in a TV. 50 inch plasma. <laughs> plasma screen Phillipses. <laughs> Which, like, Feach is probably just like, what the fuck is that when Benny's saying it? Sounds <laughs> because awesome. He's, like, old as shit and has been in prison for however many years. Oh, dude. Like, you know. I mean, that must have been the coolest thing. I mean, it was cool when it came out, but to, like, pop out of prison, like, since the 80s and see that, you'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> have <laughs> a Motorola, have a 50-inch plasma. Crazy. Plasma screen Phillipses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like a really cool moment. This is, It's another one that I, I'd like, I'd love to know if this was based on any kind of real life story you know it's like yeah like a lot like the phone book scene from last week it's like that just seemed it's so detailed and so interesting that i feel like it must be based on something well, that's but, a big league maneuver like no one sees it coming when yeah. it's like they use the parole board to to whack him essentially yeah um yeah perhaps that has some some roots in real life i wonder i wouldn't be surprised yeah i mean it's one of the cool things about season five is like five seasons in they found a way to kind of like you know, I mean, make make the mob great again, basically. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well put, <laughs> the, the well mob put. story stuff. Yes. Um. But uh. Yeah. So that's uh. That will be the end of Feach for now. Right. Um, right. Our this season's Richie Priel is uh surprisingly done uh very quickly. Very quickly. I mean, we've still got. I mean, it leaves room for the Tony Blundetto story to unfold. 
Yeah, there's which, a lot to get through, and yeah, they yeah, have to. Yeah. We're going to get a lot of that really quickly. And also, we're kind of opening up for, we'll start to build a little steam heat as far as uh, the Carmella and Mr. Wiggler situation. Yeah, yeah. As well as the Adriana situation, which you mentioned earlier. But yeah. You want to talk about Wiggy? Uh, well, actually, we should mention um, the the like speaking of Carmella that one there's that one cool shot that we actually haven't talked about but the everyone laughing at the card game thing and like uh, one yeah, of the yeah, ways yeah. that Tony actually kind of comes to this conclusion about Feach like is again of course on this show it's like all the subconscious stuff you know yeah um, he's having like one of those stone moments where he's like am I laughing too much am I laughing too little <laughs> like that's how it feels I mean yeah. it, looking at Polly laugh in slow motion like oh, God because he, he's always been an ass kisser you know well yeah you like expect it from Polly but um um, like, yeah, I, it's it's. I think it's really well done and and kind of cool. I like watching it this time, knowing that was going to happen. I I do really like that. Like, it's very subtle, but they you know they pass by or they pan by everyone at the table. And the first time you see it, Feach isn't even in focus at all. But mm-hmm. you can still kind of tell that he's sitting there brooding. And so I like that. Like the second time around it just kind of hits Tony. Like it was there all episode, but it kind of hits him in this moment where he just kind of, he realizes in the back of the bang that he has to get rid of the guy. Right. Um, yeah, just really well done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they very rarely use camera tricks like that, like slow motion and like weird focus and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, this is not an Ar- Aronofsky film. Yeah. Right. You know, like there's not like, <laughs> you know, random weird speckles that you have to like connect the dots with. This yeah. is like, I mean, and this, this isn't like super enigmatic, but like, it's a very tastefully done thing yep. where you like get into his brain. It's like a real life dream sequence, you know? Yeah, uh, for sure. And, and, uh, and yeah, it kind of gets to like the heart of Tony, you know, I mean, one of Tony's biggest problems, I guess, is that he really just has nobody t- to talk to at all about, you know, anything that's going on in his life. Oh, yeah. Uh, now that he, now that he doesn't have his wife around, it's very difficult for him. Right. He reaches out to Melfi in this episode. So this is something Carmela's Carmela's statement really got to him quite a bit. Well, she's on the psychological warfare and she's doing a damn good job. She is, yeah. Let's put it let's just like let's say what it is. I mean, she's she wanted to knock him down a peg and she'll probably never know how effective that was in freaking right. him out. Right. But like she, you know, she sunk his battleship <laughs> in the in, in the divorce, you know, True. realm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll take, we should take a break, I guess. But I, the last thing we have to just quickly address is, is there was the rumor going around that the reason they got rid of Feach so quickly is that the actor, uh, Robert Loggia was mm-hmm. in the early stages of dementia and couldn't remember his lines. Oh, no shit. They, David Chase has said that's not true. It just kind of just was, that was always, I, I forget if he said that it was always planned that way, but he's, he's denied that rumor, but that is something that's just kind of gone around for a long time is that do we know if he's done anything since uh he is dead now um oh. and i think he did like one or two things after that but i don't think so oh. so well he's a fuck he's a he's a one of the finest actors i mean yes if if that were true he still gives quite the performance yeah um and uh he's a scary he, motherfucker seriously yeah um so there you go, Robert Loggia. We'll see you at the crossroads. Oh uh, yeah, and Feach Lamana. We'll see you at the glass <laughs> or, or whatever. Uh, all right, let's take a break though. We'll yep. come back. We're gonna talk some AJ, who just gets into all kinds of good stuff this episode. And we've <laughs> got to talk to Doctor Weg- Wegler, or as I like to call him, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> uh, and and we got to say goodbye to a uh, to a, a woman we love, Lorraine Caluso. Oh god damn! I thought I thought we weren't gonna talk about it. You know. <laughs> Uh, all that and more on the second half of No Fucking Z. <laughs> 
No Fucking ZD is brought to you by Poppers and Weird Sex. <laughs> A band of gypsies. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> We should tell people we do do all the music, but with our mouths in yeah. here, and uh, yeah, some great work. <laughs> yeah, the they're really looking to hire us to do other stuff for money. Yeah. Mouth sound alike songs. Yeah, but that's we, what we're we good at. We won't do it. We're too passionate. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So uh, AJ Soprano, Miss this the the handsome boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a puss! What a puss! But you know, I mean. Some incredible comedy in this episode. Just incredible comedy in this episode. Yeah, I mean, for all the things that they didn't get right as far as, like, just bug out, Dad, and, like, yeah, and like, yeah I am connected with boarding, you know? It's, like, <laughs> for, all, for all the weird slang they threw around in the in the, the Soprano children's teenage years, right? they really got this Mudvayne shit right. I mean, AJ just is nailed a it. first-class new, new metal tool bag yeah you know i mean do you want to just talk for a half hour about new metal and how <laughs> we let a bunch of bands from the midwest do rap rock and it took over the fucking nation for a couple years yeah exactly like Ugh. they 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 certainly had like the they they got the go ahead <laughs> they had the green light it's, it's from like just, most of the country i'm worried about that stuff coming back like in an in an ironically cool way oh I, I, it's already started has it already started it's already started guys listen we were there and it fucking sucked yeah <laughs> just don't 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 fall yep. for this yep i totally agree i mean look it's uh i mean well one of one of the most depressing music fun facts that i know personally is mm. that um do you know what the biggest selling band of the 21st century is i believe i do it's lincoln park <sighs> it's and and, and we're talking total sales for one group not of all time everybody chill the fuck out right not the Beatles or Michael Jackson. They're not. They're not on that like all time list. Yeah, they're better. They're better. Yeah, they're on the league of their own. Right. But as far as twenty first century, you know, divorced kids were concerned. <laughs> that, that, uh, that that was the that was the shit. Yeah. So that's that is kind of depressing. That, but that, that yeah. Okay. We'll just well we have to move on from that. Uh, I can't. Talk, I can't think about Lincoln Park being the most successful band since the year two thousand. Is what you're saying, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, album sales since the year 2000. They, they, at least last time I checked, they were on top. And this includes the Napster years, by the way. So that's yep. pretty impressive, I guess. Yep, exactly. They really survived. And even more than, you know, Santana and Rob Thomas. <laughs> right. Which is still tracking at number one on the charts, by the way. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. A lot of staying power. That's smooth. One of the best songs. <laughs> um, but they, they really nailed it with this whole Mudvayne thing Absolutely. and like his like dumb friends. And also the shit that kids that age did in high school like the totally. gravity bong like yep. everybody made a gravity bong and no one could handle it no nope. like so much wasted weed everyone's coughing and dying and like all the smoke is just like going everywhere when you let go of it like <laughs> everybody did that shit totally so I, pointless i just can't tell you how many people i was with like for the first time they tried it who just like spent the rest of the night on top of a toilet just you know like <laughs> stuck with the spins and everything else you know like the gravity bong would fuck you up it's yeah. too much weed but also like it would it, like you just 
just waste so much. You just like yeah. burn through like the whole stash. Yeah. Which was like twenty dollars worth at that point. Right. You know There's what like I mean? No return on investment there. <laughs> I just you know I want I want bong ROI. <laughs> you know? That's really important. Um yeah. Uh, I never did that eyebrow shit though. No, me neither. I definitely did my favorite prank we ever did was one of our friends passed out very early one night and we took his clothes and soaked them in the sink and then put them in the freezer <laughs> and he woke up and his shorts and shirt were frozen solid. So that was a good one and relatively harmless. That's it, fucking cool. It was summertime, we put them outside, they they melted. You should have taken them and quickly. let them freeze really hard and then and then shattered them. <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, uh liquid nitrogen or whatever it is. No, you you could do that like with a phone book if you soak it and then freeze it for long enough oh okay. you like drop it off of a balcony and it'll shatter good to like know fucking t1000 or whatever well the next time one of my 30 something year old friends passes out of the party <laughs> <laughs> i will absolutely do that yeah exactly <laughs> um but you're right though i mean they, they did nail it they got yeah. it they got it totally right i'm guessing someone had a teenage kid that was helping them write these things or um and just find a douchey band for aj to like right yeah uh but you know i mean the story is about aj it's also just as much about carmella and her being extremely uh i mean you know she's feeling the separation she's feeling very lonely yeah, her kids yep. treat her like shit and it's f- actually for me very hard to watch because like I think back to like how I talked back to my parents back then yep. and it's like just it's a little too close to home I have to say it is and I mean I, I know how that is and, and also like the in a divorce situation there's always a parent that's that gets really demonized and of mm-hmm. course it's not Tony yeah I um, mean, yeah and uh, frankly because Tony's scarier you know and demands more respect like Carmela is always the forgiving one so it makes sense that AJ would really just be a huge son of a bitch to her yes um, and then but also like I, I love how they got this you know this AJ dodging her thing going because this was like at the beginning of cell phones <clears throat> And like, mm-hmm. you know, he's not answering his cell phone. That's, that's that, like, it wasn't a cause for alarm or it was something that you could get away with. Right. Like, I don't know. It wasn't working. You right, know what right, I mean? Right, but right, nowadays right. it's like everyone knows you can tell if someone's phone is on or off or whatever. Right. Um, you know, like if it was now... Carmelo would be on Instagram and she'd be like, he's still posting, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just furiously typing to Meadow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Meadow also like gives her the shrug. I know. I know. Um, That's like a nice little detail because, because you think that they're portraying AJ to just be this little shit, which he is. Um, yeah, but, but he's ca- not doing anything you and I didn't do. You no, know what definitely I mean? not. Well, which is what makes it so hard to watch, honestly. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's totally true. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, with AJ in general, I feel like the closer you are in age to him, yeah. like the more you kind of hate him. And then the further yeah. away you get, you're kind of like, oh my God, I acted like that too. And this is extremely accurate. And yeah, right I, when we get done shitting on his musical taste, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I listened to like Incubus back then. Like, I, yeah. I was no better. You had actually good music days back then because uh, you were just mostly. But like, yeah. Thing, but like, I think that it. I, don't, I also don't think Incubus would have like fit AJ. He wasn't no, like he, he was, wasn't conscious enough. You know, yeah. I was Incubus having like, had, like a more more woke following. You know what <laughs> yeah, I, mean? I guess <laughs> <laughs> they recorded in Malibu. All right, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, Mudvayne definitely. Who knows? I mean, I don't want to know yeah, where they yeah, record. Probably, probably, LA, probably Malibu as well. To be honest, let's probably. Just, I don't know. It might have been like fucking North Dakota or something for all we know. True. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so like he, he gets a lot of shit as a character, but I think there's quite a bit of truth to him. And I think that he, yeah, he almost doesn't get enough credit. Like in, in a lot of ways, I think that he's sort of our eyes into the series 
because he's kind of just like reacting to Tony and Carmella being just totally fucking weird. Yeah, he's going through these crises where he's thinking about you know he's becoming very nihilistic and uh, when Big Pussy has to talk to him before his confirmation, getting a boner every five seconds, being that age. Yeah. Um. So I've I've what I'm trying to say is years later I've kind of like forgiven AJ and I think everyone else should as well. You're at peace with AJ. I'm at peace with AJ. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that like believe it or not, especially as we get closer to the ending a lot of the stuff that he's kind of been obsessed with and kind of just calls out as, as bullshit or, or just doesn't understand mm-hmm. are a lot of things that are pretty important to the show and to the ending of the show. That's all I, I'll say. I think that that's totally true. And I also, um, and I want you to expand on that more when we get there yeah. in 600 years. Right. But, um, you know, he's not around for any of the fun per se. You know, right. like we're we're around for 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 the the hijinks and the shenanigans and the and the murders and stuff. <laughs> right, the good which, stuff. Yeah, and the food, which is really really exciting. But he just he's basically just sort of like the nuclear waste of like the mafia life. Yeah, and he's super fucked up, and he comes out being super fucked up. I mean, even yeah. his whole perception of the world stinks because of them. Like when they're in that meeting with Mr. Wegler, he's like, oh, yeah, well, he finds out that he may have had ADD and he thinks this is going to be like his angle to getting into college. Right. Which is totally how Tony thinks. I, exactly. Exactly. Even Carmilla, though. I mean, she she perks up when oh, she yeah, hears she about that. She jumped at it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. She's like, is that true? <laughs> they're so fucked up. I'm like, uh, yeah. Wegler, stay away. I know. I Watch know. Watch your step. Um, but uh, I mean, so... AJ goes to the city. We have uh, this just incredible moment where he wakes up with no eyebrows. I will never not laugh at Tony asking what's different about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he grabs his face and he's like, <laughs> "It's such pure, Tony has no eyebrows." It's, uh, it's like pure sitcom comedy, yeah. uh, which is kind of redundant, but um, not always. Well, yeah, but you're right. I mean, it really is ultimately a story about Tony and Carmela and their separation and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like you said in the season premiere, like the fun in the house is gone and, yeah. and Tony's sort of the fun one bringing a drum set and bringing this new yellow SUV and, uh, yeah. you know, immediately after hearing about some other poor young girl getting killed in a car crash. I know. And I, and I don't understand the line of thinking. I mean, I get it. I, I love that moment when, when Tony's like, yep, we can take it for one spin and then it's going to sit in the garage and, yeah. and it, and Carmela is on his side for a moment and then, and then AJ tries to give her a down boy, you know, like yeah. by being a little shithead. Yep. But like, it's, it's such a weird Tonyism for him to do this. It's so backwards and it's so, such a part of his sort of ethos of wanting to be wanted and seen as a nice guy. Yeah. Because AJ doesn't deserve jack shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, not at all. But. And he's done more damage to their cars than like anyone else in the fucking series, basically, I, I know. except for the carjacker guys. And like, it's it's ironic. Also, thinking about the fact that Tony is going to smash the windshield of that thing with a football helmet because true. AJ still has a failure to launch like a few years later. You true, know? true, true. And is this also the SUV that lights on fire in the? Yep. it is right. It's the Bob Dylan SUV, right? Of that's, course, that's yeah. how, how I remember it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is really transparent what Tony's doing there. I mean, and it's like kind of, the, it's the second time he's given one of his kids an SUV and both times it was like desperately transparent what he was, what, you know, what was actually going on there. This is a little better, so, but it yes. is, it is, but still, I mean, he's ultimately trying to bribe his kid to like him a little bit better. Uh, you know, I mean, also, I guess in some ways getting some good graces, good graces with Carmela cause he's at least like pretending to make this about his academics but yeah and they're pushing in the same direction together yeah but man it's i mean we know that aj is not going to go anywhere 
Right. And that's the problem until he starts working for Little Carmine's like porno company, basically. <laughs> right. Exactly. So cool. Um, yeah. But it, it, I, so ultimately, though, it does come down to a story about Carmela. Um, it makes me incredibly sad when she falls down, when she falls running up the stairs, like it just every single time makes me incredibly, I don't know why, but that specific shot is just like one of the saddest things the show ever did. Well, but it's, it's just, I, I totally agree. And partially it's because it makes me remember being like a shitty teenager yeah. and being disrespectful to, to my mother yeah, who was like ostensibly just trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And like, you know, you're a fucking moron when you're that age, like add to that the moral compass that AJ's got based on his parents and yeah. like, and but, you know, Carmela is finally really seeing that she's, you know, she's not integral to the process around there. As right. one might say in the corporate sense. Yeah. I mean, I guess in some ways they're kind of planting the seed for the finale when they get back together. Cause she's, she's just so incredibly lonely and, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, like and she doesn't have Tony to chase him up the stairs like he does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, but, you know, I mean, at the end of the episode, she comes back to this to this big empty house that, you know, in call in the episode college, she talks about how she chose the house over the the, you know, the moral high ground, basically. Ah, and yeah, she's, yeah. she walks into that last shot is her walking into this big empty house. But what did it what did it get her? You know, I mean. What did this relationship with Tony ultimately get her? You yeah. know, and now, yeah, and now he, she doesn't have the love of her children anymore. Yeah, she really is feeling on her own. Yeah, which makes for a good segue to her feeling on Wegler exactly. or him, him, him doing the he's he, doing the legwork. He is to he, try and get her in the sack. Yeah, for, uh, yeah, big time. He can smell it a mile away. Yeah, I know. And he gives her the Flaubert book that she's going to stop at Bordas and pick up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carmella. She's such an intellectual. I know. She's trying. I feel so bad for her. I just do. I don't know. She's totally <laughs> ill-equipped to date like reasonable people. Yeah, but I mean, we do find out in the end that he's not really the best person to be dating anyway. I mean, he's kind of doing like cultural tourism here, I think. You know, it's like interesting that he's like, ooh, I can I can be this intellectual to this dumb mafia wife, but she's hot. You know, that's true. And she looks better in this season than in any Ever. other season. Yeah, like definitely. she's, she, they, they, you know, she's, she's, she's working on it and she looks less, it's partially just my taste. Like she looks less like a mafia housewife. Yeah. Um, But, and more like a contemporary woman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, I guess we'll get more into Wegler as time goes on, but they have a dinner to talk about Anthony's grades, but he's going to, yeah. he's going to continue to, to like, hit the fire alarm to get her to come by yeah. and say hello, basically. <laughs> right. He's going to wear that thing out. Yeah. He's the boy that cried college. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it sort of reminds me of that dinner that she had with uh, the Columbia guy from a couple seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Only Wegler is like, I guess maybe because he's more of an intellectual, he's like a little bit better about hiding the fact that maybe he's sort of a snake in the grass here. Well, you know? also, I mean... The, I mean, the, 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 the Dean was looking for her money and he was like yeah. really straightforward about that. This is much different. This is a much more complex form of manipulation, I think. Yeah. If it um, even is, I guess. I mean, I don't think he's such a bad guy. People date each other cause they want to fuck people. You know yeah, what I mean? True. Like it's fun. I'd do that if I wasn't in a relationship all the time. <laughs> um, but like, but that's the thing is that like, I mean, I know that at that age, like she's like, she's got these delusions that, you know, it's like this whole new life and that she's like, yeah, she's Madame Bovary <laughs> or whatever. God. She never finishes the book cause it really doesn't turn out well. Right. Uh, but like, 
I don't know. I don't know how bad of a guy. Yeah, I guess now that you're is. saying that, like, it, I, it probably is more about her and and feeling desperate. I, I think you know. she just expects too much from from men like that. You know. Yeah. It's like we were saying about the wallpaper man. Like yeah. he, like you think he saw her and was like, oh yeah, great, let's get married. You know. Like he lives yeah. in the real world. He doesn't. Ha- he's not like locked away in this giant house and like, you know, right. That that's the thing. It's like she yeah. doesn't live in the world with us. Yeah. Well, she's kind of like me when I was much younger, and anytime a girl said hi, I was like, "Oh my god, we're getting married!" And she well, there's me. that. Yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> but, the, the, I mean, but there, you're you're totally right. Yeah. I mean, but she's like what thirty one in this? Uh, yeah, <laughs> somewhere around there. Yeah. Last season she was in her forties. This season she, I think she's like thirty one. Yeah, we ha- we've never talked about the, the Benjamin Button angle with Carmela's character, <laughs> but it's there. Okay, if you want to read into it, it's totally there. I, I mean, the way well, it's just the way she styles herself, like especially in in season four. She when she really starts to grow into this this mafia housewife thing, um, the way she styles herself ages her so much. Yeah, and she just looks contemporary. She looks strong and like you know she looks great. She it's, does. She it, does. It, not yeah. not just in like a like hot kind of way. She just looks kind of she she's like she seems like she's having fun with it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And enjoying herself. Yeah. I mean, doing uh, things for herself. Yeah. The I guess the load's been lightened a little bit with with Tony gone, but you know. Yeah. Sure. Um. It's all this ultimately leads to uh, an, an eyebrowless AJ moving in with Tony Artie and uh, Tony Blundetto. Or I guess Tony Blundetto doesn't live there. But, no, but he's but. he's staying there a lot. I mean, and and the con- just to back up a little bit, the conversation that goes down yeah. when Tony shows up and he goes from being oh, like yeah, yeah, he yeah. goes he goes from coming in and being like you're never going to get that fucking car, you know, like he's just he's super pissed. He's in his face with the finger, you know, and yeah. everything. And then AJ you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, wiggles out of it, and Carmela's watching the whole thing, and the look of surprise on her face is so amazing, and she's just like, fuck you guys, get out of here, both yeah. of you. <laughs> Seriously. Which is the right decision. Yeah, true, true. Because, like, Tony gets to swoop in and do a little bit of discipline, and, like, that's it, you know? Yeah. But I mean, he doesn't really have the 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 lion's share of the of the sh- of the bullshit all the time, you know. And he, he doesn't want it either. I mean, when it when it first when, no. when when he first says like I'll make you move in with me, and and I think Carmela is like good, do it, and then AJ agrees with it. He tells AJ he's like shut up, hold on a second here, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know. And then they have that great cut, that sound underneath where you know they're um oh man, I forget who they're watching, but like that humming a humming a you know the the comedy routine the old time comedy. Yeah, I mean it's just like it's such a that's such a clever. A uh, little edit there that that's un- that's under Tony's face realizing that oh my god I actually have to like raise a kid now that, but, I didn't but, do but this ever that's before pure comedy you yeah. know it's great and he's kind of good at it but he's no good at leading by example yeah I mean you know yeah he can like be the the authoritarian you know when he tells AJ to go up and do his homework. Uh, do as I say, not as I do, which is hard with yeah. kids. It doesn't work. Well, let's also talk about the fact that I mean, like first of all, I mean AJ is probably hungover as fuck. Um and I love him coming down with the trash in his hand and trying to be like I was just taking the trash the out weird Sorry. ass eyebrows yeah <laughs> but also Tony's super hungover too I mean so yeah. yeah you're right like it really doesn't fall that far from the tree Tony spent yeah. the night before at the Bing with uh, porn star Gina Lynn who's apparently a painter <laughs> she talks about how she has the easel and her oils ready to go yeah and they're doing they're just, doing shots of tequila it's just amazing so yeah. so both him and his teenage son woke up very hungover that morning and had to go deal with this shitty problem that's true uh, which is great and um, then and then yeah and then like you said it's it's a it's a full house of boys. You know, there's it's so it's funny. Tony, Artie, and 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 uh, AJ, and then also Tony Blundetto, who clearly spends a ton of time there. Yeah. Um, 
And the place is just such a shithole. It's, I mean, they it's really disgusting. went all out with the prop department here, like, just went for it, <laughs> which is fucking amazing. It's crazy. And they're, like, eating wings and farting on each other and shit. <laughs> it's like a fucking South Park episode, you know? Yeah. Talk about Dutch ovens and stuff, which I don't believe AJ didn't know what that was, by the way, because everyone knows that basically from sixth grade on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, but, you know, whatever. And, yeah. Like the little exchange, the, the little kind of wink and a nod. I like that. Because, yeah. uh, you know, apparently AJ's been in bed with a woman. Let's hope it was Devin Pillsbury. I'm assuming it was. I mean, <laughs> who really it was knows? Some 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 chick from the Mudvayne show. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's like he's it, it, what what I get from that is that it's clear it's a terrible environment for him. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to like match dick size with like all these dudes with giant dicks. that he's hanging out with who are like old and like morally. I mean, Artie's a fine guy, and Tony Blundetto is like okay at this point. Yeah, in some ways, as an example, but like he's already getting into talking about like banging chicks, like with his dad who is like, yeah, just like serially unfaithful and, and is by the way, like out on his ass from the house for cheating, you know? Yeah. Right. 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 It's just like, clearly AJ has, has is just doesn't have the right influences and this is, this is making it worse. It, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I will, we'll leave him there for now. I mean, yep. we'll come back to, to AJ and Tony um, at a later date. Uh, let's quickly say goodbye to Lorraine before we get to questions. Lorraine dies. She's, she's gone. Uh, she's gone. Um, it's sad. It's like a super terrifying scene, to be it honest. It is, actually. You know? I mean, I can't even, uh, the impression is too high. I can't, it's not in my vocal range. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you know, she gets out of the shower. It's sad about Jason, you know what I mean? Because normally this, this is an interesting thing that, you know, her significant other is is like part of the outfit and that he would die too. Yeah. It makes it darker to me that it's like they murdered a couple. Yeah. Very. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause, like just getting out of the shower and running into that is fucking terrifying. And yeah. Just but like, awful. I mean, I mean, if they were going to whack Tony, they wouldn't come near Car- Carmela. They don't care. Same thing with Adriana, except for what we find out later. Right. Or what they find out later. Right. But because he's, you know, Jason Evanina was uh, part of her outfit and he's a man. Mm-hmm. They... You know, obviously it made sense for them to whack both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the whole thing is really sad and dark. And like, we loved Lorraine. (laughs) Yeah. She's hilarious and really good. It's very dark. Yeah. But the whole thing kind of uh, rubs a little karma in the wrong way. Yeah. And we get a look at, is it the first time we meet Rusty? I think it's the first time we meet Rusty. It might be. Yeah. Rusty Milio. Yeah. He's literally Frankie Valley, which is fucking amazing that they decided to like break and not break the fourth wall. Yeah, because they've openly talked about Frankie Valley multiple times. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, Polly's mom slash aunt will also die on the way back from Jersey Boys <laughs> in a couple seasons. Yeah, and so, yet he's in the show. He's yeah. like a continuous like part it's, of the show. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. It's really good. And but like essentially what happens is uh little Carmine is freaked out but rusty starts pissing in his ear as tony would as a junior would say rather yep and uh starts sowing the seeds for essentially like a a puppet regime (laughs) george w bush type situation yeah um and it's going to cause a lot of problems yeah and it's you know a ton of problems but it's a a pretty good amount of problems well i mean a lot of people rusty included will be dead by the end of all of it um yes yes uh but we're yeah i mean when you think about it the the mob war takes a long time to really get going 
because it's like still happening in season six B at the beginning of season six B. Right? That's true, isn't it? Um, but yeah, and also the more I think about it, the more ridiculous it is that Little Carmine thought he had like any chance of really getting involved and in, in being a part of this. You know, like what is he really doing? <laughs> He's a Miami guy at this point. Like, yeah. you know, what is he doing in New He's York? He's got businesses down there. I mean, mm. this whole thing is all. He's just got a hard on to like be the heir apparent to his dad yeah. as far as it just being a you know uh a way to feel proud of himself you yeah. know he doesn't it's... really have a horse in that uh, dog in that hunt whatever the fuck you know yeah i mean he it... just wants to like be the one that his dad loved more than johnny sack it seems you uh, know yeah. what i mean i guess that's what it really is yeah um and it seems like in that scene he's not really he's like kind of just like oh fuck he's not immediately just like I'm gonna kill them all you know it's like it's Rusty that really starts to fan that flame yeah and kind of gets him going and yeah, uh, yeah. it works and then Tony B gets caught up in the mix and uh, we'll get there so, <laughs> bingo bango bingo bango <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> uh, all right well that's a good that's a good place to leave it for now we have a couple of questions this week um, this first one comes from at Kenefic Weekend a friend of the pod Miles uh, Kenefic uh, from, uh, <laughs> from from the departed uh, Remember Miles Kenefic? Yeah, I, I yes, I do. Yeah, with the mass processor company. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, well, Miles Kenefic asks. Um, <laughs> his name really is Miles. Uh, where was Ralphie before he showed up and was a main character? This is something that uh, we've talked about. Have we? Ralphie, Ralphie, because he kind of he was one of the keys, like a, a big, pretty big character who wasn't around for seasons one and two. Yeah, but we and they just kind of drop him in. Haven't we gotten over that? How the show has a way of doing that, and who yeah. cares? But I mean, where, what do you think? Like, what's he? What's he up to while he things like are going down in season one? I mean, Vito. We don't see much of Vito until like, you know, he really starts to pop up, and he's like a more important guy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, clearly, Ralphie was like lower in the ranks, and like six people died above him who ran that family or that crew yeah. that he was a part of, right? Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, do we even know he was in Jersey? Was he just, like, down in Miami that whole time? Like, is this another kind of, like, little Carmine situation, or... I doubt it. I think that it's just a, like, he was there, but he's not there, you yeah, know? I guess, yeah, I guess. Um, but, I mean, like, that's a little bit of a license that the show gets to take, and that's, you know, as you've said, that's going to happen until, like, the last handful of episodes of the show, is they're just right. going to be new guys that they don't explain, and it's just, like... Well, they have guys that come up through the ranks and then people get shot and yeah. you move them up, you know? Yeah, like that Walden guy showing up in like the... the uh, does he actually show up literally in the last episode for it's the like first the time? like the last two episodes. Last two episodes, yeah. Bingo, bango. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think Ralphie... I think he was spending a lot of time in Miami uh, and a lot of time with cocaine. And that's what I'm going <laughs> to say. <laughs> bingo, uh, bango. That's what I think Ralphie was doing. Um, this one comes from <laughs> one of my favorite Twitter accounts that I've stumbled upon recently. This is from at Oatmeal Mania, <laughs> and the entire Twitter account's about eating oatmeal three times a day. Are you shitting me? That's awesome. No, it's it's for real. It's the oatmeal lifestyle. Um, I like an oatmeal. This is a this is, this is a good one. Thoughts on the room, the movie, the room. Thoughts on the room, which you and I actually saw. At together. a midnight showing at um sunset sunshine sunshine so here down in uh, uh, Lower East Side New York like I think it's the first Saturday of every month they actually show the room at midnight so midnight going into Sunday mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. it's like a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of situation where people dress up and yeah, like, they're they like throw yelling s- at the screen yeah uh so thoughts on that <laughs> I, I I it's like a joyfully bad movie I mean the first yeah. time I saw it 
was in college and I was looking for Family Guy on TV and I was like, oh, cool. There's a bunch of Family Guy on. And I turned on Cartoon Network. Oh, right. And there's the room on and I had no idea what it was. And I was like, why are there people on this television screen that's on Cartoon Network? Right. I forgot about that. Very confusing. This was like pre Tim and Eric. Um, like, but like when, when you could rely on it being cartoons on adult swim and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I like went back and forth a couple times and wound up watching the whole thing because I was like, <laughs> does anyone else realize how dumb this is? <laughs> Are they saying this is a good movie? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, inc- it's like incredible that they didn't do that on purpose. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, like if you tried to to make that movie, you know, it you just you, it would actually be bad. It would yeah. it would be legitimately bad. Yeah. Um so like the hats off <laughs> hats off to them for making that movie. Um yeah, yeah. and 100%. It, I mean, I don't think they got the intended result. Um <laughs> no, but, but it's, it's 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 given those guys so much more. At least Tommy Wiseau is right. that his name. Yeah, Tommy, yeah. It's given him so much more than a, than a good movie at his skill level <laughs> yeah. would have, you know. Yeah. I mean, and his speaking of a skill level, I mean, like he's such a weird mystery like he doesn't really say from what I understand like where he got his fortune because he's he's a he's a fairly rich guy to, to spend all this money on a oh, movie. And he funded himself. He funded it himself but it's one of those things like his origin story has uh, a couple different versions and one of them is him showing up in San Francisco with a lot of money and I think he started some kind of textile plant or something like that. No shit. And, uh, and just had this blind dumb confidence that he could make a great movie <laughs> and uh, and thank God yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the James Franco, Dave Franco movie coming out about it, but I mean, we'll I'll see. Wait. Maybe I'll... maybe they're going to dig up some facts for us. Yeah, I sort of doubt that, but I suppose that's entirely possible. OK, <laughs> uh, uh, last one. This is from at Fabian Ferren. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Mm-hmm. Was Feech was Feech producing weapons of mass dis- mass destruction in his garage? Well, no, I mean, it's a joke. <laughs> Great. Good answer. <laughs> I don't think so, but I guess we'll never know. <laughs> good night great <laughs> um, alright uh, that about does it for us this week we'll be back next week to talk about Irregular Around the Margins um, another title I don't get we'll have to research that alright I next... believe that one's Dostoevsky uh, yeah, that's what it is that's actually the first line of War and Peace yes it that's makes what zero sense yes um, so as always subscribe on iTunes follow us on Twitter just keep tweeting us questions like whenever it doesn't matter if you wake up in the middle of the night and you just feel like you want to talk to us like we'll read it um, yes and, uh, and then decide if you're worth it but because we're worth it because <laughs> we are yeah no, I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> so yeah exactly what everyone's paid for this <laughs> podcast subscribe whoa subscribe uh follow on twitter um and uh if you didn't tell a friend last week which we hope you did just just tell another one or tell one this week and if you did just tell another one tell a friend just just go up to someone on the street scream no fucking ZD in their face and <laughs> run away that's all we're asking just listen to it they all they fucking podcast <laughs> do what people do to me with their soundcloud pages and just like walk up to them and be like hey have you heard this and just put your phone right up to their ear does that, does that happen to you yeah You're people fucking love sitting that down shit at the cafe, yeah. it happens at the club sometimes it's like listen to my mixtape <laughs> like no uh, alright so that that about does us R.I.P. Jonathan Demme by the way one of the great American directors oh, I yeah. just want to say that what a bummer yeah, man top 10 American directors I think he made such so many good movies uh, he did so alright that wraps it up for No Fucking ZD we'll see you guys next week oh.